Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Osmo.com NBA Strategy Show. The one where we give you all the guaranteed winners. Uh, sponsored today by No House Advantage. Got a nice little seven-game slate for you guys. Joined today by Adam Ship My Money Share. Adam, how you doing, man? Doing good. Always enjoy Saturdays. Uh, wake up, talk about basketball, get some MMA, and then a uh, nice seven-game slate tonight. Definitely. This, uh, this one should be good. Now, let's talk a little bit about last night's slate because it's still fresh in our minds. So... We we're all coming down to the last game. And if you guys remember, we're the only show in the industry that recommended Kevin Porter Jr. And he really <laughs> came through. So <laughs> he was like, everyone had him, but he, he delivered. So it still that, feels good. It does. Yeah. It's like the first time we got a roster uh, since the last time. And um, what else did you take away from yesterday? So I know there was an Embiid injury that kind of frustrated everyone. Yeah, the Embiid injury sucked. Um, you know, obviously, I've been playing a lot of cash lately, so it wasn't a huge deal for me because pretty much everybody had him, so it didn't matter. Um, but, you know, yeah, he was playing well. Like, there's nothing, obviously, negative to take away there other than there was an injury and it sucks. Um, fortunate, I think, that he's only going to be out two to three weeks. It looked really bad. I'm not sure if you saw it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I think that there was nothing that I, I really noticed that stood out too much. Um it was another night where uh, I know you and I talked about it yesterday, but playing multiple sites, it kind of just gives you like a higher floor. Um, I got killed on FanDuel, but did really well on DraftKings to still came out ahead um, just because, you know, you're able to roster different players. So I think that's one thing that I've been doing more lately. And I know you recommend also. Yeah, definitely. Like the line of construction is a lot different because of the floor price. So plus guys like KJ Martin in your lineups, uh, although he did, he did come through pretty big yesterday as well. Yeah. But Jay Sean uh, Tate, on the other hand, did not. Yeah, man. I was about to buy his top shot, but then I, <laughs> I got like frozen because it uh, the marketplace shut down. Anyway, um, guys, before we get into today's slate, if you can hit that thumbs up button, we appreciate that positive feedback. Also, if, uh, if they got contests, we got content. So hit that subscribe button if you aren't already subbed to the channel. Got a lot of great DFS shows. Today, we're sponsored by No House Advantage. They're a site where you can bet props except in DFS-style contests. So it's open in a lot of states that you might not be able to bet props normally. Plus, you're playing against other people instead of the house, so it's a lot easier to win. You can use the promo code AWESOMO on NoHouseAdvantage.com to get a first match bonus up to $20. So make sure to check out NoHouseAdvantage. All right, tonight we got uh, our first game, a pretty good one, Toronto at Charlotte. 
Now, Toronto has been uh, hit with a little bit of a COVID bug, I think, where they have uh, Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam out for this one. So um, what we saw last game is Kyle Lowry started a little slow, but he turned it up to, to make value. And then Norman Powell had a big game. His price tag has been climbing pretty steadily. And then the, the supporting cast in Toronto – continues to be hard to kind of predict what's going to happen. So how are you feeling about Toronto overall tonight? Yes. I mean, I think Lowry still, um, you know, is going to get the bulk of the workload, you know, as, as you would expect. Um, He's still like, he's expensive, but still um, reasonably priced considering that he's going to be most of the offense. Um, As far as the, the rest of the pieces go, you know, Powell did play another 39 minutes. Um, You're probably going to get, 36 plus from him again. His usage does go up. Uh, he is getting for, for like the few minutes that Lowry's not on the floor. Uh, Powell normally is. So I think that benefits him as well. Still a pretty expensive price tag for him though. Um, I, I think that one of the interesting things um, and you and I had talked about it before their last game, but once again, we got 30 minutes from Aaron Baines. We got 30 minutes from Chris Boucher. So that's about 12 minutes that those guys played together and if I'm, yeah, that's about 12 minutes those guys played together. And so it makes, you know, both of them, I think, more appealing options than they typically are. Yeah, I forgot about how Baines had a huge game last time as price tag. Um, I was thinking that part of the reason was because of this matchup versus uh, Atlanta, where they have two pretty traditional bigs. Charlotte, I guess it's the same situation because they're running out P.J. Washington and Cody Zeller, so... They do have two like standard bigs at the forward position. Um, does the matchup make you think any differently about the Baines and Boucher uh, plays? I don't think it's quite as like perfect as the last two were, but I still think it's good enough. Um, you know, you're getting Zeller. Uh, Biombo played 14 minutes last game too, so you're probably getting around 40 minutes of Zeller and Biombo which means that most of P.J. Washington's minutes are coming at the four. I think it should be pretty easy for Boucher to play alongside Baines for enough, you know, enough minutes to, to be good for DFS. Awesome. That's good to hear because Boucher is one of my favorite fantasy plays just because, man, that guy, he has extreme variance, which makes him ideal to target at GBPs because his uh, ceiling is a little bit higher than his median projection would indicate. So a little bit low-owned on most slates. Now, Kyle Lowry uh, himself, 8,700 on DraftKings, 8,400 on FanDuel. Price tag's going up, but it sounded like you're still feeling him maybe because he's got such a big role with these guys out. Yeah, he's around a 1.15 to 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy um, without you know Van Vliet and, and Siakam on the floor. He plays huge minutes. So I think his price point is at, like, I think he's reached a point where you're not just blindly plugging him into your lineup because those guys are out, but I still think he's a very good play. And, you know, it, it kind of just will come down to roster construction, uh, you know, what news we get throughout the day. But I do think that Lowry at that price point is still a pretty good option. Yeah, I agree. I think he's pretty appealing. Um, anytime you can get a side that's more than 5X, that's pretty good. And then uh, Norman Pollard says a decent play, but the guy that's really jumping out on the value is DeAndre Bembry. We've seen even when one of the Raptors guys is out, he has the potential to play big minutes. He played monster minutes last game, 37. So um, he's 3,800 on DraftKings, 4,100 on FanDuel. Not a guy that does a ton while he's out on the court, but those minutes make him an appealing option. 
do you think Bembry is worth going back to tonight? Yeah, the big thing for me is just how cheap his salary still is because, you know, two games ago, you only got like 19 or 20 minutes from him. There's still a path for him to not play a ton of minutes, but he's going to at least get that opportunity. And the other thing that I like about Toronto's rotation in these last couple of games is that he's been playing um, whenever Lowry's not on the floor, like he's been subbing in for Lowry. So um, that, you know, puts the ball in Bembry's hands a little bit more. It makes him a little bit more valuable from a DFS standpoint. It would be one thing if the site said, you know, oh, he played 38 minutes last game, let's make him 5K. Then you're taking on a lot of risk because of that minutes volatility. But um, since he's still really, really cheap, it's mostly upside at that price point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he looks like one of the top value options so far. And then the other Raptors are a little bit tougher to peg. Stanley Johnson played pretty good minutes in the last game, but he's a mercurial uh, player, I'd say, where like he'll get 28 minutes one game and like 12 the next. So he's a little bit tough to pin down. Then Terrence Davis is another guy who pretty much is exactly the same, except last game he didn't get the minutes and Johnson did. So what are you expecting to happen today? Yeah, I, I kind of like Stanley Johnson here. Like, he's not a great fantasy producer, but he did play 35 or 36 minutes two games ago. And then last game, he played 27. But um, he did also deal with a little bit of foul trouble in the first half. He missed about four minutes at the end of that half, it looks like. Uh, Boucher actually subbed in and, and picked up some of those minutes. But he picked up, like, three fouls in the, the second quarter. So, you know, if you're getting around 30 minutes from him, it's not someone that you expect to break the slate, but he is still a little cheap. Um, Terrence Davis in tournaments, if you're playing a lot of lineups, I think is kind of interesting because he only played about 10 minutes last game. He didn't uh, play at all in the second half, but two games ago he played 32 minutes in the game where Bembry played 20. So he works, I think, as a leverage play with Bembry where like a lot of people are going to play Bembry and for good reason. But if Bembry plays fewer minutes than people are projecting, there's a very good chance that Terrence Davis plays more minutes than people are projecting. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. Was Terrence Davis questionable going into the last game? Because I remember there was something with them, right? Um, no, he was uh, – yeah, yeah, he was questionable, I think. All right, so, yeah, in the last game, he, he was questionable with an ankle, and he didn't play the second half. Today, um, we don't have any injury designation, so there is a chance that maybe he rejoins the starting lineup um, like he was two games ago. If he does, that would mean uh, – be a lot more likely to target him on the charlotte side um we had zeller come back um last game he played pretty uh pretty good minutes closed the game out um besides that we had Devonte graham coming off the bench with the minutes limit he didn't really play a ton and then ball stayed in the starting lineup so pretty much happened like we were expecting with one more game back with Seller and Graham, are you expecting anything different? No, I mean, I think you'll probably get more than 18 minutes for, uh, for, for Graham, but I don't think that really is going to have too big of an impact on DFS. Like, I still think LaMelo Ball, you know, he only played about 30 minutes in that game, but um, typically I think you're going to get a little bit more run from Ball. Rozier played 31 minutes, which is about what I expect. Um, I, I think that you'll just kind of see Cody Martin probably leave the rotation eventually. Um, Malik Monk maybe play a little bit fewer minutes. You could also see Bismack Biombo play um, a little bit less as they go with more three guard lineups. But um, overall, I, I kind of expect that to be the case going forward. You know what we saw last game, just with minor fluctuations that don't have too much of an impact on DFS. Yeah, agreed. So with uh, the return of some of these guys, it's making the value on the team a little bit weaker than average and 
Toronto with their depleted squad appears to be a good matchup, but none of these guys are popping as far as value for me. So what do you make of the Charlotte guys for DFS? Yeah, I think it's just really difficult to get to most of their their price points. The one guy that does look like he has some value, I think, is Cody Zeller, who uh, did play about 26 minutes last game. And he was someone that you and I had talked about. Like he, um, prior to the games that he missed, his playing time had been reduced and it made it really difficult to trust him. I still think it's kind of tough to trust those minutes. But overall this year in his starts, he's averaged about 26 minutes per game. That's what he played in uh, the last game. And he's been a fantasy point per minute guy. So, you know, at his price point, I do think that there is some upside. It's just still a, a pretty risky option since there's a lot of ways that he could play fewer minutes. Nice. I got to see Theodore in the chat. He's saying Bogdanovich revenge narrative tonight. I like that. I got another revenge game coming up. So keep on the lookout for that. All right. But uh, one more thing about this Toronto-Charlotte game. I'm looking at our preliminary ownership projections Top three owned guys of the slate, Bembry at 38% on DraftKings, Lowry at 30%, and Norman Powell at 24%. So all three of the top three are coming from Toronto. Um, Does that move the needle at all for you? A little bit, just because, um, I mean, Bembry is cheap enough. I don't really care. Um, I know it's something that a lot of us talk about. Like, it's just harder to find um, similar plays at, cheap price points than it is at more expensive ones. Um, you know, I think Powell is fine. I think that Lowry's a good play. But if they do end up being, like, two of the three highest known guys on the slate, there's going to be pivots that you can make um, that give you a similar range of outcomes, even if their their average projection is a little lower. So definitely something that, you know, I think is worth paying attention to as the day goes on. Yeah, definitely. I don't think Lowry and Powell are so good that they're, like, must plays. So I think um... – I'm taking a look at the boom bust tool. We give our projections for the optimal line of percentage. I have Lowry at 29.6% ownership and a 22% chance of being in the optimal lineup. And Bembry, 38% and 26%. So those are potential pivot points tonight. So be careful about being too chalky if you're if you're having a lot of these Toronto guys. All right, next game, we got Detroit at Brooklyn. So Detroit, they made a huge move yesterday. They traded Speed Mikhailuk for uh, Hamadou Diallo and a second round. Uh, they gave away a second round pick in the deal as well. So that's not going to make an impact today, except that Sfee obviously is not playing. Also, we got the news since the last game that Dennis Smith Jr. is on the uh, IR for the time being indefinitely for COVID. So the only difference uh, for Dennis Smith, I would expect Saban Lee to take those minutes at back and point guard. But with Steve Mikhailuk, he started the last game. So what are you expecting to happen with Detroit's rotation? I'm expecting Wayne Ellington to go back into the starting lineup. Um, he had been starting until recently when Svi replaced him in the starting lineup. So I think he goes back to the starting lineup. You probably get, you know, 28, 30 minutes from him. Not the best DFS player, um, but I think. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime time anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think, you know, he'll pick up some minutes. I think you'll also just end up seeing DeLon Wright play a little bit more. I think you'll see Josh Jackson play a little bit more. He only played about 20 minutes last game um, to just, you know, kind of soak up those minutes that you're losing from C. And, and I agree with you. I think Saban Lee replaces Dennis Smith Jr. Nice. So if I give Dion Wright 30 minutes, he looks like a pretty appealing guy for DFS. He's 5,500 on DraftKings and 6,100 on FanDuel. And we did see him play pretty big minutes over a stretch of games where they were light on point guards. So do you think he's a, a good play tonight? Yeah, I think he's risky because Detroit is one of these teams. Like one thing just – in general that we're going to need to pay attention to, you know, basically from this point forward and probably, you know, already have been is teams that are just playing for nothing and, you know, keeping their motivations in mind. Detroit's one of these teams where they can do whatever they want over the course of a game with minutes because they couldn't care less about winning. So I think it just makes guys a little bit riskier from this team, but they're still you know, very clearly a path to, to big minutes for DeLon Wright. Like you said, he was playing big minutes um, up until recently. So, and, and he's been productive. You know, you take Blake Griffin out, you take Derek Rose off the team. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities there for him. So I do think that uh, he's a good play. There's just risk because basically he's on the Pistons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They have been pretty consistent with the minutes, but you're right. I mean, with a team that's not really motivated to win, tough to, to really have a ton of confidence especially since they're resting their best player who's like not even that old, like every other game, it seems like. So that's kind of wild. But um, with the rest of the Pistons, assuming nothing changes, uh, I think Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee are are fair plays, um, but nothing that stands out a ton. And then maybe Isaiah Stewart as a really cheap contrarian option. uh, Are you seeing anything here? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, Plumlee's definitely one of the guys that you and I had talked about that we'll kind of just have to keep an eye on as the season um, goes along. He only played 25 minutes last game, but he did get in some foul trouble early in the third quarter. So that's why you saw Isaiah Stewart play a little bit more, Plumlee play a little bit less. For now, I, I still feel pretty good expecting like 30 minutes from Plumlee, 18 from Stewart. Um, and Plumlee has been very productive when he's played without Rose or Griffin on the floor this year. Um, so, you know, still risky and still, you know, at a premium position. But I think that Plumlee gives you a pretty nice ceiling. And then Jeremy Grant has been the best fantasy Brewster on the team all season long. Nice. On the Brooklyn side, we have Blake Griffin out for this one, which is sad because we could have seen uh, that revenge game. And then Kevin Durant is out as well. Um, I mean, he's been out for a while, but he's not back today. So, uh, I mean, the main guys on Brooklyn are Kyrie and Harden. How are you feeling about them tonight? Still love Harden. Um, Kyrie is, you know, a good play as well, but Harden's just been so involved, um, you know, basically since since Kyrie came out and said, you know, basically Harden's the point guard and I'm going to be the two guard. You've seen Harden just doing everything for this team, um, rebounding really well, assist percentages through the roof, usage has gone up as he's played more minutes or more games uh, with Brooklyn. So I think Harden still looks great and, you know, playing huge minutes as well, even in um, a reasonably lopsided game against uh, Boston that ended up winning by 12 points. You still got Harden playing 37.7 minutes. He was until the end. Um, You're getting, you know, pretty, consistently like 38 minutes from him so um, he looks great you know obviously they're Detroit's not a a very good team Harden should be able to do whatever he wants so I think he looks really good Um, I prefer him to Irving if I can find the salary agreed yeah I'm not really on Kyrie tonight at 9700 on DraftKings that's just a little bit too much especially 
what you're saying about the the point guard situation. Um, that makes him not as exciting from the assist standpoint. Now, the rest of the Brooklyn team is a little bit uh, tough to pin down exactly uh, who could be a good play. So Bruce Brown is uh, in a revenge matchup versus his former team, the Detroit Pistons. So I'm, I'm just looking at this price tag of 5600 and 5K on FanDuel. Oh, man, that just seems like way too much unless someone's out. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he rebounds well. He does a decent amount or, you know, a decent amount in the way of peripherals, but there's just so much usage that goes to James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And it's not like Brown's going to or likely to, you know, grab 10 plus rebounds or something like that. Um, So yeah, it's just, you know, if you were, if you were a little bit cheaper, I think he'd be a really good play as is um, not really that interested. Same. Now uh, TLC is doubtful for this one. So um I guess maybe you could go to some of the wings, but I don't really see anything. The other situation to to pay attention to is Jeff Green came back last game, but he didn't really play at the center position. So you had Nick Claxton off the bench getting pretty good minutes. He's 3,300, but I'm just a little bit too worried to go there if Jeff Green starts getting some of those center minutes. So what do you think of their centers? Yeah, I think DeAndre Jordan's actually kind of interesting here. Um, for the reasons you said, he played 26 and a half minutes last game. Jeff Green, um, outside of a stretch at the end of the game, like they, they closed with Jeff Green at center. But other than that, uh, Green wasn't really playing center. Um, Detroit's not a very good rebounding team. They've allowed the sixth most offensive rebounds per game over the last month. That sets up pretty well for DeAndre Jordan um, if he's going to be able to you know, still get 26 to 28 minutes at a reasonable price tag. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... Maybe some interest here, uh, particularly on FanDuel. Guys, uh, if you're not already a member of Osmo.com, we have our NBA weekly package at $16.95. That will add a lot of tools to your arsenal to help you make a lot stronger lineups and win more on the DFS contest. So we got our player projections, our ownership projections, the boom-bust tool. I mean, the range of outcomes is so big in DFS today. Um, and in addition, we got the premium Slack channel and the, the game plan show. So those are all a lot of NBA tools that you'd have uh, if you sign up. Also, uh, if you want to check out all of our other content, we have a promo going on for our platinum package, which is every sport. It's 50% off the first week with the promo code Shamrock. So that's 15 bucks, a little bit cheaper than just signing up for NBA right now. So if you sign up for this platinum, uh, we got MMA tonight. We got NASCAR tomorrow, NHL every day, uh, college basketball and soccer projections from Makajewski and Giovanni. So um, this is only valid through 317. So use that promo code Shamrock. All right, Milwaukee at Washington. So um, with Milwaukee, Drew Holiday came back. Or he was off the minutes limit last game. He started, got back to pretty close to his normal minutes. So as a net result, expect uh, Chris Middleton to maybe see a tiny bump down in, in production. But overall, I think uh, Holiday, Middleton, they're, they're decent plays. I mean, the, the guy I always look out for is Giannis. He looks like a, a solid value today against a really good uh, – a really good matchup uh, in Washington. So 
What are you thinking about these Brooklyn top three? Or sorry, yeah, I mean, uh, Milwaukee. Giannis obviously looks great. Uh, Washington, not the best defensive team, obviously. Uh, give up a lot of points in the paint. Um, don't rebound well. You know, everything looks really, really good for Giannis. And, uh, you know, Washington does have enough star pa- star power that hopefully they're able to hang in the game as well, which obviously would be good for Giannis too. Uh, Middleton and Holiday, I think more just, you know, tournament plays that they certainly have a high ceiling. They should do well in the matchup. They just don't really stand out as, as top options. Uh, Middleton's still priced up a little bit from when Drew was out. I do think 6,500 for Drew, um, assuming that he's going to get back to playing uh, mid-30s in minutes is – pretty reasonable in this matchup but you know again i think those two guys not really priorities more so just you know if i land on them i'm, ha- I'm fine with it um Giannis, i think looks like a, a pretty clear priority here definitely the value is a little tough on today's slate but he does yeah. stand out as a really good way to to spend some salary now um with the other brooklyn guys we got portis and lopez who maybe look like some fringe value plays any interest uh with the rigs in tournaments, I think so, just because there's volatility there. Um, Lopez, you know, like assuming this game's competitive, you're probably getting 26 to 28 minutes from Lopez um, in, in a good matchup. But what interests me is that um, Bobby Portis is 4,100 on DraftKings. His minutes are very inconsistent, and for the most part, he's just playing behind Brooke Lopez. But this is just the kind of matchup where Bobby Portis can go absolutely nuts. Like a team that doesn't rebound well, a team that plays at a fast pace, you know, Bobby Portis will be able to score against them. I think – I think Portis is going to do very well on a per minute basis in this game. So it really just comes down to, you know, how much does he end up playing? And that's where the volatility comes in. But because there's so much volatility, the price tag is lower than his ceiling suggests it should be. And his ownership will be lower because um, people don't trust the minutes. Yeah. The minutes are pretty hard to trust, but we've seen, especially earlier in the season, he does have that potential to have a, a huge game. Oscar, Dante, DiVincenzo. I mean, not anyone to, to write home about, but he's a little bit cheap tonight. Any interest? I get some. It's fine. <laughs> like, kind of just the last piece in for me. A, a lot there will kind of depend on what value ends up opening up between now and lock because he is inexpensive. He's going to probably play about 28 minutes, assuming the game's competitive. Um, he's like a 0.85 fantasy point per minute guy when everyone's healthy. So he kind of just grades out as like a – reasonable value that is pretty unlikely to um you know really help you win a tournament but also is not you know the worst play on the washington side it remains to be seen if uh anyone's going to sit on the back end of the back-to-back but we did have davis or davis bertans uh leave mid-game due to injuries so i'm kind of thinking he'll be out i mean it's the first game on the slate so it doesn't really matter for for strategy but um, do you think anyone is uh, possibly going to sit? And then how would you handle the Wizards tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> expecting anyone to sit, you know, since Westbrook has played back-to-backs. Um, you know, Bradley Beal was questionable going into yesterday's game, but he played. So I guess, you know, maybe he sits tonight. But um, like you said, we'll have that information. Um, right now, I'm assuming everyone's in except for Berton since he did leave last game uh, early. Unfortunately, because of the way that game went, we didn't really get to see what the – rotation look like without Bertans because the game was just out of hand by the time Bertans would normally come in in the second half. Um, we did get Denny Avdia playing a bunch of minutes in the second half. We also got Troy Brown subbing in in the third quarter after not playing in the first half. So maybe you see more minutes go to Brown. I think it solidifies Avdia's minutes if Bertans is out as well. Um, potentially more minutes for Rui too. None of that stuff I think is like makes anyone a, a top option for DFS. Um, but 
because we do have um, limited value on the slate, uh, you know, taking a shot on like a $3,200 Troy Brown uh, could make some sense if nothing else opens up or, you know, a 4k Avdia, even though he hasn't been a very good fantasy producer this year. Yeah. I'm kind of intrigued by Troy Brown as well. Um, mm-hmm. If he has those uh, minutes with Bertans potentially out. So uh, besides them, I mean, there's some cheap value like Lopez at 3,400 Rolo. But it's hard to get too excited. It's just like if you if you need a, a value play, and right now there aren't a lot. There could be a lot more later, so I don't want to get too deep here. Um, Same goes for Wagner too. Like his minutes are all over the place. He produces at a high rate. Um, you know, if if there is no value, you can go there. But hopefully, there'll be better value. Yeah, if he's playing well, I mean, he he's starting, so he could get right. decent minutes. So like that. Westbrook and Beal, um, the the prices seem to be kind of high for the matchup, but um, how how do you think they stack up against the other top price options tonight? Yeah, I mean, I like the pricing. Like, I think the pricing <laughs> on them is fine. The issue is just that right now, um, with the lack of value we have, it doesn't look like it's going to be a slate like last night where um, you can just plug in like three of the most expensive players. And I think that, you know, I would rather, assuming I can only pay out for one or, or maybe two, I'd rather be getting to Harden if I can. I'd rather be getting to Giannis if I can than going to Beal and Westbrook. So like, I think if that's as high up as you're able to pay in a tournament lineup, it's fine. But I'd be looking to get to, you know, like I think Harden and Giannis look better at their prices than Beal and Westbrook do at theirs. Thanks, Joe, for the super chat. He says, working on the weekend, definitely the best in the biz. I appreciate that that, uh, that um, super chat. Thank you. Um, Sacramento and Atlanta. Uh, Sacramento is projected for 118 points tonight. I mean, that's pretty much what you'd expect in a nice matchup versus Atlanta. This one should be a pretty good uh, up-tempo game. Two young teams. I mean, the guy on Sacramento that's been killing it has been Fox. Uh, and that's not anything we need to tell you guys. His price has gone up, though. He's 9200 on DraftKings. A little bit cheaper on FanDuel at 8700 How does he stand uh, on tonight's slate for you? It kind of feels similar to how I felt about Westbrook and, and Beal, where like, I think... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Darren Fox is great if you can get there. Um, I just don't know how easy it'll be to get him in the lineups, especially because I do like the spot for hard. And, and Giannis so much um, and I want to you know try and allocate money there but you are getting huge minutes for De'Aaron Fox you know, only played about 34 last game but that was a blowout win where he lost several minutes at the end of the game typically in competitive games you're getting like 37 38 minutes from Fox 1.2 fantasy points per minute for the year so uh, definitely a, a strong option just a matter of you know how easy like how easy he'll be to prioritize on this slate but especially if he's not going to get a lot of ownership in tournaments he'll start to look interesting um you know we did get Halliburton back last game he only played 18 minutes so I think that um he'll pick up a little bit more playing time maybe that takes minutes away from like Bielitsa but um overall I think Fox is the guy that that really stands out I think Rashawn Holmes is reasonable as well coming off a game where he played 34 minutes yeah, uh, the other starters seem to be decent plays, but nothing too exciting. 
So uh, I see Bagley at 6,100. I'm a little bit worried about the minutes with Halliburton back, but he does have pretty good permanent numbers. Um, any interest in any of the bench guys? I don't think so. Um, I, I think it's mostly, you know, Fox, Holmes, and then, you know, if you get to a little bit of Harrison Barnes, like you assume he's going to play big minutes, but not really the most exciting option. Great. On the Atlanta side, um, there was that report last game about Bogdanovich not having a minutes limit. Unfortunately, it, it didn't really matter because I guess he didn't play well enough to earn the minutes. He only played 16. But I feel like he's one of the better wings that is on the team right now with Cam Reddish and, and Hunter injured. So do you think there's potential there? Yeah, um, I'd feel better if they took Tony Snell out of the starting lineup. The The way I kind of view it is that as long as Snell is starting, there's not that many minutes available for Bogdanovich. Like him not being on a minutes limit is nice because if he's playing well, you know, he can get into the mid-20s. But if you're allocating 24 to 26 minutes to Tony Snell and you assume, you know, that Gallinari is playing twenty six around 26 minutes, there's only so many minutes out there for Bogdanovich to pick up. So um if they were to take Tony Snell out of the starting lineup, whether it's for Gallinari or for Bogdanovich, I'd like Bogdanovich a lot more. Agreed. Yeah, this one will be tough because uh, we won't get that starting lineup until right around lock since this is a 7.30 game. But I do think Bogdanovich, if he starts, he'll be one of the better values, Um, although we should assume Snell will start uh, for the time being. And what about the other uh, Hawks? I mean, Trey Young is a top fantasy player, and they got some uh, some interesting bigs with Collins, Capella, and Gallo. Yeah, I, I really like Young and Capella here. Um, Young's salary on FanDuel in particular stands out at 9K. The Kings have just been one of the best matchups all year for basically anybody. Um, they play at a fast pace. They don't play defense. So I think uh, Trey Young looks really good, you know, again, especially on FanDuel. And then Capella, you know, the minutes have sort of been an issue all season long, but he has been extremely productive. He rebounds really well. The Kings have been awful uh, defending the paint this year. I think that Capella um, at 7,500 on DraftKings looks like a very, very high ceiling play. And the same can be said for Collins, who um, his playing time has been inconsistent as well. But he is only 6,500 at, at power forward. So, um, you know, if he's able to get to like 32 minutes, he probably has a big game here. Awesome. One, uh, one negative for Collins looking at their rotation from last game is that he wasn't playing a lot of minutes without Capella. Um, that has made a huge difference for him this year where uh, he's he produces at a much, much higher rate without Capella on the floor. So he did get some minutes without him, but um, we have seen since the coaching staff changed to Kongwu pretty consistently getting like 10 to 12 minutes as well. Nice. Yeah. Kongwu is probable for this one as well. So you should play. Um, John Collins has been mentioned as being on the trading block pretty much all year. So I'm kind of wondering if that's going to affect his playing time going up until the 25th deadline. What do you think? Uh, it could, but I, like, I don't even know which way that, that would go. Like, are they going to showcase him or are they going <laughs> to limit him? That's true. I, I think limit him from big minutes, but I don't know. Uh, let's go to the next game, Portland at Minnesota. Uh, with Portland, Nurkic, uh, and McCollum continue to be out. So we pretty much know what to expect here. I mean, Lillard and Cantor have been probably the more consistent fantasy options, but some decent uh, like other guys getting some good minutes. So the only thing is Lord's price is up to 10.7K on DraftKings tonight. That's pretty much like the highest he's ever been as far as I remember. So is that a little bit too high for you to go or are you still feeling him? 
Yeah, I mean, he's still in play in tournaments just because he has such a massive ceiling, but it makes it really difficult to look at him as one of the best options because he's just so close in salary to um, Harden and to Giannis. So um, the appeal for Lillard basically just comes down to he's capable of scoring 60 like actual points and he's going to be low owned because he's so expensive. So it's a spot where you can pay up to be contrarian. But um, I think, you know, in terms of likelihood of success, he's priced too close to those other guys. Great. Yeah. Um, now the match versus Minnesota is a positive. The one guy that's standing out to me a lot is Cantor. He's a good rebounder and Minnesota isn't the greatest rebounding team. So I'm thinking, Maybe he can pick up a couple extra boards. Um, and the price tag at 7200 on DraftKings is fine. 6800 on FanDuel is pretty appealing. How are you feeling about Cantor? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a, a spot where um, he can play a few extra minutes as well with you know Carl Anthony Towns being the opposing center. Um, it, it looks like a good spot for Cantor. I think I'd give a slight edge to Clint Capella in that price range on DraftKings, but there is a pretty big gap between them on FanDuel. Nice. What about the other uh, trailblazers, Gary Trent, Covington, Jones, the starters, and then Carmelo um, and anyone else off the bench? Yeah, not too much else that I'm interested in there. I mean, they've just all been in their respective roles without Nurkic and uh, McCollum for so long that I don't think there's a ton of value left. Like I do like uh, Robert Covington's role right now with Harry Giles still out, getting a lot of backup center minutes and rebounding at a high rate, but he's also you know pretty expensive. So uh, last guy in, I think, at 5,600 is fine for Covington if better value doesn't open up, but uh, nothing that I'm too excited about from the other guys. Yeah, just uh, maybe the last guy's in there. On the Minnesota side, D'Angelo Russell uh, and Beasley continue to be out. Jordan McLaughlin and Jared Culver are also out and doubtful for this game. So last game we saw Jalen and Noel pretty much break the slate with 50 fantasy points. I mean... He's a good permanent producer, but that just seemed like a total fluke to me. And it was a blowout, so he got all those blowout minutes. So I'm thinking maybe he'll be a little bit overowned based on that big performance. But he's super cheap on FanDuel at 3600. What are you thinking with Noel tonight? Yeah, I mean that's where I'm at too. You know, where he's basically minimum salary, he's a good play. But what I see is that he still played about 11 minutes in the first half and. So you expect that if the game's competitive and he's not making every shot that he takes, you're probably getting 22 to 24 minutes from him. Um, The good thing about him is that he does have a high ceiling. He's a high usage guy. He can produce at a high rate. So um, he certainly can play his way into more minutes. Like when you think about who's ahead of him in the rotation, you're talking about like Jake Lehman. So um, he certainly can play his way into more minutes, but I do think there's a good chance that people sort of overestimate what his role is going to be on average based on what he did last game. And he does end up being a little bit overowned. Um, but again, you know, at that FanDuel price tag, it's even if you do get 22 minutes from him, he's probably going to pay it off. All right, we got a uh, super chat here from our old pal, Emac. Uh, he wants me to ask you about hangover situation. Uh, I feel fine. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a tradition that I've kind of gotten away from, but uh, we're back. wow you max got a good eye um man it's uh when when there's nba dfs it's hard to drink too much when we gotta get up early and grind here but uh props uh on that now the uh big beneficiary of mclaughlin being out was anthony edwards played monster minutes um 
He did. He missed some of the last minutes due to the blowout. But I'm just uh, going to pull up the rotation here. And uh, you, you were calling that with uh, no backup point guard, he would be getting those minutes. And he played 20 minutes in the first half. So that's pretty interesting. Although, I mean, the salary and average production isn't, isn't the best. If he gets the same minutes as last game, that could be huge. What do you think? Yeah, I think the rotation is beneficial. Um, got most of the minutes that Rubio didn't play. Uh, didn't get 100% of them, but you know, still got a lot. And he, like, he's one of the only high-usage guys here. Like, Towns obviously dominates usage, but beyond that, you know, like, Rubio's not a high-usage guy. Jake Lehman, Jared Vanderbilt, like none of these guys outside of Towns and then basically Jalen Noel are um, high-usage players. So I think you see Anthony Edwards take on a bigger playmaking role when he's out there uh, without Rubio and then also just be a, a really high-usage guy. So um, it's a situation where it, I, I think there's a little bit of sticker shock, but he's actually pretty reasonably priced, I think, for his current role in this team. Definitely. I'm, I'm feeling some Edwards tonight. I mean, not like a lock play, but someone solid to, to mix in. And then one of the big questions was with McLaughlin now, would Rubio play more? He didn't, he got maybe an extra minute from his normal yeah. rotation. But I do feel like maybe there's some potential there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's still potential. I think the salary is very reasonable. Um, Fifty seven hundred. I think he was actually more expensive on DraftKings last game than he is tonight. Uh, Forty eight hundred on FanDuel. So still very, very cheap in a good matchup. Um, but yeah, you know, like you said, the rotation wasn't great for him. He played ten and a half minutes in the first quarter. Only played four and a half uh, in the second. So you know, if that game doesn't blow out, you're probably getting like thirty, thirty one minutes. I think the pricing is is good on Rubio. It's another situation where if a lot if value doesn't open up, Rubio could end up being a really useful piece. If it does, then I think you're gonna get off Rubio pretty quickly. Fair enough. Yeah, not the most exciting fancy producer, but he's forty eight hundred on FanDuel, so a better play on FanDuel than DraftKings. Now Towns, I mean, he's the best fantasy player on the team. I don't remember him having any big games lately, but that potential seems there. And we kind of have this uh, preconceived notion of Cantor not being a great defender. So what are you doing with Towns tonight? I think it's just going to be tough to get there. Like, There are so many payoff options I like on this slate. Um, I kind of wish that it was like last night and um, there were – a lot of value plays that we could go to but um right now you know you kind of have to prioritize these guys and i think it'll be sort of difficult to prioritize towns because you do have a lot of very strong mid-range centers that we've talked about um and then you know a lot of other guys to pay up for as well so he's another one like if you get there you're not going to be upset about towns you're probably getting 34 35 minutes if this game's competitive um but at the same time i I have trouble you know uh prioritizing allocating the money to him other guys I'm looking at are um, Lehman and Vanderbilt who are starting. The salaries are just low um, for starters on today's slate. And one other I'll throw out there is Nas Reed. The uh, coach said he'd get more minutes alongside Towns, and that was the case last game. They played a few together. That bumped Reed's minutes up about three to four. So uh, any interest on these uh, three to four K guys? Yeah, I'll add Jaden McDaniels to that group as well. Um, I think that 
it's a really unpredictable situation because a lot of it's going to be based on who's playing well, um, you know, kind of where the minutes go. But these guys are all so cheap on DraftKings where we're looking for value and they're in a good matchup. There's a pretty good chance that at least one, you know, maybe two of these guys have a very good game for their salary. So I think it's a situation where like you probably in tournaments are going to want to keep Vanderbilt away from McDaniels. Um, you probably wouldn't really want more than one or at most two of these guys in a lineup together, but there's a pretty good chance that at least one of them ends up being one of the better values on the slate. I think. Yeah, guys, um, if you haven't already gone to slash podcast we have all of our non-live before lock shows available in podcast format. So that includes this NBA strategy show. If uh, sometimes you like watching or listening to podcasts instead of going to YouTube, so. We also have a special uh, promo where if you leave a review on one of our podcasts, hopefully five stars, mention your Twitter handle or email and you'll be eligible to win a free week of Osmo Plus Platinum. We're awarding one every Friday from those reviews. All right. And also we have oddshopper.osmo.com. 80% of you guys said that finding the best odds for your bet is important to you. We have all of the U.S. books uh and their odds are offering for each bet. And we're especially focusing on player props because those are some of the most profitable. The uh, the sites, they kind of limit you if you know what you're doing. So just strike when you can. And we have all the projections and our projected win percentages on those props as well. So oddshopper.osmo.com. The last two games, Indiana at Phoenix. Now, Karis Levert is... Uh, scheduled to be back for this one. Um, that's kind of mitigating some interest in the other Indiana guys for me, and it's a tough matchup for Phoenix uh, versus Phoenix. Karras, it's tough to know exactly how he's going to fit in tonight, if he's going to join the starting lineup, potentially in place of Doug McDermott or Justin Holiday, or if he's going to be more limited. He had that kidney surgery, so it's a little bit... Um, Tough to know exactly what the minutes are going to be tonight because I wouldn't expect that to necessarily affect his conditioning. So, um, I mean, he's 3,900 on FanDuel. I'm thinking about just locking him in. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much – I think there's a lot of uncertainty here, like what to expect from Levert, what the rotations are going to look like. Does he come off the bench? Does he join the starting lineup? But the pricing sort of alleviates a lot of those concerns. Um, 7,100 on DraftKings, I just – don't anticipate Levert having a big enough role in his first game back for that to be a spot that I really want to go to um, on the slate. And then 3,900 on FanDuel. I also don't anticipate him having a role so small that he doesn't pay that off. So I think he just ends up looking like a great option on FanDuel. And I feel pretty comfortable ignoring him on DraftKings. Agreed. Um, now with the matchup being a little bit tougher, I'm not thinking Sabonis, Turner, or Brogdon will be core pieces tonight. And they had uh, they played last night as well, so they're on the back to back. Any interest there? Not really. Um, you know, outside of obviously, people know that they're very good, but um, it, yeah, it is a tough matchup. The pricing doesn't look great. Like sixty six hundred on Fanduel for Brogdon is fine, but I, I don't think it's like a great salary on this particular slate. Um, Levert being back, you know, we one thing that I want to pay attention to also, in addition to you know, just does he start? Does he come off the bench? Is who? 
like if he comes off the bench, who's he playing with when he's out there? Like, do they end up playing Brogdon a bunch of minutes alongside Levert? Does Levert play with both Brogdon and Sabonis um, on the bench? But the uncertainty there does mean that potentially um, either or both of Brogdon and Sabonis could see their rates come down depending on how many minutes they end up playing alongside Levert. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that um, he's going to take these minutes that Edmund Summer, Sumner had been getting, where yeah. it's about 16 a game, maybe steals a couple from other guys. But actually, now that I'm looking at it, it looks like Sumner kind of passed Holiday in the rotation. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. There's plenty of minutes uh, to go around there. Uh, on the Phoenix side, a little bit better uh, spot for them, but still not great. Um Devin Booker is probable for this one. Cameron Johnson is out. So I'm not really seeing anyone pop out a ton, but some decent plays. Any interest on the Phoenix guys? Yeah, nothing that that really stands out there either. Like 7,600 for Paul, 7,900 for Booker are both perfectly fine salaries. They both have high ceilings, but um, they don't stand out as as like top values or anything. Um, same really can be said for DeAndre Ayton at 6,300. Uh, I think it's a good price point. I think I would rather try and find the money um, to get to like Cantor or uh, Capella. But, you know, I think 6,300 for Ayton is fine as well. Uh, we got an interesting narrative alert from Shane in the chat. He says Sabonis and Saric played at Gonzaga together. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> so, know Saric went to Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I honestly like haven't been following the college stuff. That's that's interesting though. Um, so I'm kind of looking at Paul and Bridges and Aiden like decent options, but there's nothing really motivating me to click the button. Um, is there anyone in particular on this team you look at? No, not in particular. Um, I guess it's worth noting Frank Kaminsky started last game, but he still only played 10 and a half minutes. Um, we'd seen that when he starts uh, with Crowder back, when, when Kaminsky starts, he's typically not playing enough minutes to be DFS relevant. You're in. Dallas and Denver is our last one. So with Dallas, uh, we had Luca and Porzingis rest last game. So I assume they're going to be back tonight. That kind of makes it hard to get to any of the other guys because they're priced up because of this last game in the matchup versus Denver. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's nothing nothing too exciting. But Luca in particular looks like a, a solid option. He's 10.6K on DraftKings, 10.4K on FanDuel. What are you doing with Luca? It's just hard for me to put him ahead of Harden or Giannis. Um, you know, it's an and even Jokic on the other side. You know, I, I would prefer over Luca. So I think it's going to be really tough to get to him, but that will make him a good option in tournaments. Like, there's just so many guys to pay up for on this slate that I think even though there's a few guys that I clearly prefer, the ownership shouldn't get too high. Like, if there ends up being a big ownership gap, I think it's a really good spot to pivot in tournaments to just whoever the lower owned superstars are, and I think uh, Luca is probably going to be one of them, um, just because they all have such high ceilings. Um, I don't love the matchup against Denver, but Luca is close to matchup proof. Like, he does everything so well when he's on the floor. So, um, really, really like Luca. Just like him a little bit less than a few other guys. Agreed. Yeah, it's going to be hard to, to pay up for, for a lot of these guys in the first place, and the matchup isn't that exciting. Now, the rest of the team looks even harder to get to. Porzingis at 8,300, not getting quite the minutes as the other guys in that range. But, I mean, he's got – we know what he's capable of, which is pretty good, but are you going to him tonight? 
Yeah, it's just really tough because like you said, the minutes, you know, you start comparing him. We talked about kind of the same thing with John Morant last night. Like at this price point, you get to where even though his per minute production is really good, there's a lot of players around him that offer similar production. And most of those players average a few more minutes per game. So it just makes it relatively unlikely that he ends up being the guy you need. Um, that being said, you know, the ceiling is still really high. He does offer block upside, which is one of the more volatile stats and, um, you know, can can make guys drastically outperform their salary. Um, but I I think that he's just a little more expensive than I would like given the minutes that he's likely to play. Agreed. Now uh, with the rest of the team, we kind of know who the starters will be Richardson, DFS and Kleba. Now uh, the pricing on some of these guys is a little bit better on FanDuel. So I'm looking at these guys more on FanDuel and Tim Hardaway Jr. is also 4,200 on FanDuel. So any uh, love for these guys on FanDuel? It's a decent price point. The concern that I have with Hardaway is that he could very easily play like 22 minutes now that everybody's back. Um, you know, he's still competing with Jalen Brunson for minutes. Josh Richardson, you know, is typically going to play more minutes. So um, if better value doesn't open, like Hardaway is at least someone that does give you a high ceiling because he's capable of scoring. And if he is shooting well, he'll probably play more minutes. But I also think he's a very risky option that can disappoint even at 4,200. Um, I'm getting called out a lot because people are saying Saric didn't play at Gonzaga and apparently, uh, I, I just trusted what I read in the YouTube chat here. So just was, never do that. I was going to say, I was pretty <laughs> sure that Saric came from overseas. Yeah. I, I know he's from overseas. I just didn't know he didn't play at Gonzaga. It, it seemed, uh, it seemed potentially possible. He, he did play in Zagreb that uh, kind of has that Zog thing. So maybe that's how uh, we got confused here. Now, um, on the Denver side, uh, Jokic does it all for this team. And uh, he's got the salary tag that he deserves a 10.8K on DraftKings and 11.7K on FanDuel. So um, tonight, uh, without a ton of value, how are you handling Jokic? Um, I love Jokic every slate he plays like he averages 1.67 fantasy points per minute he averages 36 minutes per game there's really nothing not to like there and the matchup against Dallas is fine as well the problem is just going to be that um, the center position does have a pretty strong mid-range which is really important on a slate like this because uh, with the you know lack of value at least right now being able to go to this position to potentially get 50 fantasy points from someone at a mid-range salary is going to be really, really useful. Whereas other positions don't really have as many options. So I think um, one thing that's going to hurt the ability to get to Jokic a little bit is just when you think about the overall like ceiling of your lineup. In a lot of cases, I think going to like Harden or Giannis and then going to like a mid-range, you know, Capella or Cantor or somebody is just going to give you a little bit higher ceiling than going Jokic and then going cheap at those other positions. So um, I I love Jokic. I think it's still going to be kind of hard to get to him on this slate, at least right now. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's a little bit tough to, uh, to find the money. Now, this is a back-to-back, so I'm kind of wondering if some of the guys uh, may rest. I'm looking at Paul Millsap in particular, but, I mean, he, he didn't play much last night. So, I don't, I don't even know if that would matter a ton. And we got Jermichael Green questionable for this one as well. He didn't play last night. Now, do you see any news we should be looking out for? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Millsap and Green news is like the news that you're looking for. I don't think it matters all that much. Um, 
it's just, you know, I think that like, cause Denver's played up until yesterday, Denver had played, you know, a bunch of games in a row without green or Millsap. So um, pricing is pretty much still set for those guys to be out. Um, I don't think that there would be anything that really stands out if uh, Millsap were to rest. We did see Monty Morris continue to start even with Millsap back yesterday. So um, he's 4,700 on DraftKings, 4,200 on FanDuel. Maybe just a time, uh, like fringe option at best. But yeah. uh, man, it's Murray's price at 8,200 is kind of tough for me to get to. He just doesn't do a ton other than scoring these days. Um, what do you make of Murray like uh, with that price? Yeah, I mean, it's just purely a tournament option at that price, I think, because um, when he's shooting well, which he actually has been for an extended period lately, but um, he's going to shoot more. But like you said, he's pretty scoring dependent for a, a point guard. I mean, he's got like a 20% assist percentage this year, but with Jokic playing as many minutes as he is, it cuts into Murray's average production. Um, so it's just, you know, Murray has a really high ceiling, but Jokic just cuts in his his average rates enough to where he's overpriced on average. Agreed. I'll probably save him for if Jokic is out somehow. And then uh, last but not least, Michael Porter Jr. has been getting pretty good minutes, but his salary reflects that at this point. 7K on DraftKings, 6700 on FanDuel. Uh, any tournament interest? Not really. Um, you know, played another 33, 34 minutes last night, which is good to see. But um, only about a 20% usage rate playing with Murray and playing with Jokic. Um, rebound percentage is fine, but obviously loses out a lot to Jokic there as well. Uh you know, tournaments is, is okay, but it doesn't really stand out to me as a great play. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, so we've uh, got seven games down here. Uh, I think, uh, man, there's a couple of games to target, but for the most part, it seems like it's pretty wide open who we're looking at tonight. What are your overall thoughts on tonight's slate? Yeah, I think it lo- right now, at least, it looks like a really fun slate, like kind of the exact opposite of yesterday, where yesterday it felt like there were just so many guys that you were just blindly plugging in and there was going to be a lot of overlap and it was going to be tough to find like similar it was going to be tough to find plays with a similar range of outcomes that weren't really popular. Whereas tonight there's a lot of guys that just kind of look the same. And so I think slates like that are really fun because like in cash, you actually get to make decisions um, and you can, you know, you can kind of be different even in cash and in tournaments um, it becomes really fun because you can make like the, the, the ranges of outcomes make it so that um, ownership becomes more important and uh, you can, you know, make pivots and, and make good plays that way. So I think at least right now um, it looks like a pretty wide open slate. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, when you have not as many guys that are lock button plays, it allows you to get a little bit different with your lineup construction. Where like last night, it's like if you lock in Porter Jr. and another Rocket, it's like you got so much salary, it funnels you into the top end. Tonight, it's a lot more open for you to, to be creative. So should be a good one. Uh, guys, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, got a lot of great content. Uh, today so we got our nascar strategy show at 12 p.m eastern with phil and jason nhl we got at 3 p.m with cliffy and josh and then we also at 3 p.m have our members game plan stream with terry covering nba dfs concepts and then finally we got the deeper dive and live before lock this evening to take you all the way up to nba lock also shout out to our sponsor no house advantage Check out nohouseadvantage.com for DFS-style tournaments with player props. And, guys, thanks for supporting the, uh, the site, and good luck tonight.